Well, the scripture reading this morning is going to be found in Psalm 103. And uh, you can, feel free to use your Bibles and your pews in front of you, or you can, um, in your bulletin, we have it printed out for you on a sheet that says PS 103. It doesn't say Psalm 103, but that's what it stands for. So just let y'all know, clarify. Okay. So um, while y'all are uh, turning there or getting that out, if there's any guests, feel free to, um, to fill out that Connect card and uh, then turn it into the offering plate when it comes by uh, at the end of service. So let's get started. Um, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget none of his benefits, who pardons all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with loving kindness and compassion who satisfies your years with good things, so that your youth is renewed like, an, like the eagle. The Lord performs righteous deeds and judgments for all who are oppressed. He made known His ways to Moses, His acts to the sons of Israel. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in loving kindness. He will not always strive with us, nor will He keep His anger forever. He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is the loving kindness toward those who fear Him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has He removed our, trans- our transgressions from us. Just as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear Him. For He Himself knows our frame. He is mindful that we are but dust. As for man, his days are like grass, as a flower of the field, so he flourishes. When the wind has passed over it, it is no more, and its place acknowledges it no longer. But the loving kindness of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him, and his, righteous, his righteousness to children's children, to those who keep his covenant and remember his precepts to do them. The Lord has established his throne in the heavens, and his sovereignty rules over all. Bless the Lord, you his angels, mighty in strength, who perform his word, obeying the voice of his word. Bless the Lord, all, all you who his host, you who serve him, doing his will. Bless the Lord, all you works of his, in all places of his dominion. Bless the Lord, O my soul. All right, well, when you're the, the preacher, then you get to pick sometimes what you get to talk about. And this is one of my favorite psalms. And so we're going to spend two weeks looking at Psalm 103 uh, this week. And then in, in two weeks from today, we'll look at another part of it. Uh, this week, we're looking at what this psalm says about God. And then when we come back together on the 27th to look at it, we will talk about uh, what this psalm has to say about us. And uh, in between, on the 20th, the, uh, we have special guests who will be here with us from uh, their missionaries to Brazil. And their families uh, is named the Todds. And uh, Jonathan and Beth Todd, missionaries to Brazil, will be um, joining us next week. And uh, so please look forward to uh, coming and seeing them. Um, I want to tell you a story that you may be familiar with if you're, uh, you know, if you've been in church for a while, and it 
has almost nothing to do with Psalm 103, but it does have one thing to do with it. So there's this, uh, these twin brothers named Jacob and Esau. Maybe you're familiar with them. And they, um, Abraham, if you, you probably heard of that guy's name, no matter who you are. And he had a son named Isaac. And Isaac had these twin boys, Jacob and Esau. And they were twins, but in that culture it was a big deal who was born first. And so even though they were twins, you know, you both can't come out at the same time. Uh, ladies say amen, praise the Lord. And so Esau came out first. That was not in my notes, I'm sorry. Uh, Esau came out first, and so he was the firstborn, entitled to everything that a firstborn was entitled to. And, uh, but these two brothers were kind of at each other and competing with one another. And, and there's the famous story about how uh, Jacob got Esau's birthright. Um, maybe you're familiar with that one, but maybe slightly less familiar is how Jacob managed to steal uh, Isaac's blessing from Esau. And so when Isaac grew older, he did what many fathers in that culture did when they grew older. They said, he called his firstborn son to him, Esau, and he said, it's time for me to give you my blessing. I'm not going to be here much longer. I want you to go out and kill me something good to eat and prepare it. You know how I like it. And bring it here. Give me something good to eat and then I'll bless you. Now, Esau was a Louisiana man's kind of man. He knew how to hunt with the best of them. He was an elite hunter. And so he went out there in all his manliness and slew something and brought it back and cooked it just the way his dad liked it. But when he got there, it was too late. Now, uh, someone else knew how to cook that dish, and that was Isaac's wife. And Jacob happened to be her favorite. And so she went and grabbed Jacob and fixed up the food and said, Jacob, put this goat skin on your skin because you're not as manly as your brother. <laughs> and you need to seem a little furrier so that he'll think that it's him. And so Isaac's eyes are failing, and Jacob comes in, and he tries to talk like Esau. And, uh, you know, feel like Esau. And, and Isaac is suspicious, but the food is good. So he's convinced. And he gives his blessing to Jacob. And then a little bit later, Esau comes in and brings the food. And Isaac's confused. And then they realize what happened. And in that moment, Esau begged with tears his father to bless him. Too. Now this is a foreign thing to us because in our culture we don't do a lot with blessings and curses. Uh, but in their culture, blessings and curses were a big deal. That's how they did uh, contracts and covenants. And it's how they uh, passed on blessings from generation to generation. That's how they um, wished good for someone, but it's more than wishing good. Uh, for them, this was the bestowing of good. Bestowing of prosperity. A blessing was self-fulfilling in their minds. It had a power to itself. And Isaac could not give to Esau what he had already given to Jacob. 
He had blessed, his blessing was his to give, and he had already given it, and it was already doing its thing now. And it was Jacob who would be blessed, and not Esau. This is, again, a foreign concept to us. We, we don't use things that way, but in a day and time where there weren't uh, legal systems like we have and contracts like we have, uh, for instance, uh, blessing and curses played a, a key role even in business. Like you shook on something, right? It was your word and their word, but it was tied in with this blessings and curses thing. Uh, if you do what you say you're going to do, may you be blessed. If you don't do what you say you're going to do, may you be cursed. And these blessings and these curses were real stuff for them. Uh, we might call it superstitious or whatever, but this was the culture that they lived in. And I mention this story because Psalm 103 begins with, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not His benefits. And when you read through Scripture... You find this word bless throughout the Old Testament because it's the word that God uses when he blesses people, when he blessed his creation, when he blessed Abraham and his descendants, when he blessed Israel. This was the word that was used. And it's the same word that was used when Isaac blessed Jacob. It's the same word that parents would use to bless, that people would use to bless one another, that a, a leader of the people would use to stand up and bless the people, bless the nation. This is the same word, bless. And so it's important for us, I thought, to step back and remind ourselves, what is this blessing thing? Because it's not something we're familiar with. In fact, usually when I read Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. I'm just thinking it's a sub for praise, you know. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Praise his holy name. Like I'm just giving worship. But it's more than that for them. For the ones who wrote this, bless the Lord, they were bestowing good on God. They were speaking words that held power for good to their God. And we can... We can wrap our minds around this a little bit because you've known of people, I mean, we don't think about it that often, but there's evil people in this world. There are people who curse God for whatever reason, whatever circumstances in their life, whatever uh, you know, has, has warped and twisted their minds, we would say they stand up and they curse God's name. They wish God bad, ill. They wish bad things to him. They wish that his will and his desires would not be carried out. But then there's also always been people who would bless the Lord and would say, I wish the Lord good. I wish that his plans would succeed and that he would prosper. And that it maybe seems like an odd idea to bless or to curse God. After all, he's God. And yet... That's what we're talking about here. That's what this psalm of David is talking about here. What are psalms? Psalms are songs, poems. They're artwork. They're beautiful. They're tragic sometimes. 
There's a whole book in the Bible full of these psalms, and creatively they titled that book Psalms. And so it's chock full of 150 songs. Psalms. These, uh, you know, sometimes we think of the Bible as a book. And we've been talking some with the youth on, on uh, Wednesday nights and all that. It's more than just a book. It's a library of books. A collection of books. All different kinds of literature can be found in your Bible. There's historical kind of records that you can look at and, and read. There's also um, kinds of literature that we don't even, we're not even sure what to call it because it's such ancient literature. There are poems and poetry, there's imagery, there's prophecy, there's uh, things called apocalyptic that, uh, literature that you know, talk about uh, things that are otherworldly in, in ways that you know, we can try and wrap our minds around. There's just a variety of different kinds. There's letters, right? We look at letters all the time. And, but this one book in the Old Testament is full of psalms. Songs that people wrote about God, to God, about their circumstances, with God in mind. And so this book came before Jesus. It came hundreds of years before Jesus. And that story about Jacob and Esau happened hundreds of years before the Psalms were written, or at least most of them. Some of the Psalms date back to Moses and the people of Israel. Some of them uh, were sung while during various kings. A lot of them are titled a Psalm of David. Many of them are believed to be written by David, or at least about David and his life and things that he went through. And this is one of them, Psalm 103, a Psalm of David. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Do you ever talk to yourself? Hmm. <laughs> Apparently David does too. Sometimes I talk to myself to get myself to do something that my body is not necessarily wanting to do. I don't know if you ever do that, but be sitting in my comfortable chair or laying in my comfortable bed and I know that there's something I ought to be doing that doesn't sound that fun or comfortable and so I'll say, come on Neil, come on. <laughs> and that's kind of what I feel like David's saying here. You know, the Psalms are so real and I like that about them and it's, you know, sometimes you just don't feel like blessing the Lord. Sometimes you just don't feel like praising the Lord. Sometimes Life's hard. Sometimes you just don't feel good. Sometimes you're not in the mood to go to church. Sometimes you're not in the mood to pray. I wonder if David was in one of those moods when he wrote this. I wouldn't normally think that, but if you think about what he's saying, he's like talking himself into it. Come on now. Bless the Lord, soul. <laughs> Let's get with the program. And then he gives himself a series of arguments as to why he should bless the Lord. As if he's having to convince his soul to bless the Lord. Maybe he was having a bad day. David had some of those. You look at his life and some of those bad days he brought on himself. Not that we would ever do that. But sometimes you have bad days, whether it's your fault or your neighbor's fault, or your spouse's fault or your dog's fault. 
Sometimes you have bad days and you don't feel like blessing the Lord. And so this psalm is for you to talk yourself into blessing the Lord, speaking good to the Lord when you might want to speak bad or not speak at all. So the first thing, let's just look at verses 1 through 5. The first thing that David tells himself is that he ought to bless the Lord because of the Lord's benefits. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget none of his benefits. And then he starts listing the benefits that come, the blessings that come from God to him. Pardons all your iniquities. That's a good blessing, amen? (laughs) Heals all your diseases. Redeems your life from the pit. You ever know what it feels like to feel like your life is in the pits and to be pulled out from that? To be rescued from that, to be rescued from a terrible situation or circumstance or just an emotional state, spiritual state. Crowns you with loving kindness and compassion. The goodness of God. And satisfies your years with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagle. You ever had days where there's just so much good going on in your life that makes you feel a little younger? I hope so. I hope every now and then you get one of those days. You feel like, man, it's just, life is good right now. And we bless God because He blesses us. David lists all these reasons, like checking in, you know, making a checklist of, I ought to bless the Lord because He's blessed me, and look at all these ways that He's blessed me. And I was thinking with each of these, uh, we're going to look at three different things, three different arguments that David gives himself for blessing the Lord today. And I don't know which one will strike you the most where you're at today, but this first one is blessing the Lord because he's blessed me. And, and I was thinking, wow, if David could make a list like this, how much more should we be able to make a list like this? If David can praise the Lord who forgives sins, how much more should we who have a save, who has a you know we have a savior who died on the cross for our sins as a final sacrifice and we look to him for grace and forgiveness. He bore our sins to the cross. We have a suffering savior and by his stripes we are healed by from more than just mere physical ailments but from what ails our souls. We have a Redeemer who can lift any life out of the pit, no matter the situation. I would think that sometimes David and people who lived in his time would have to wonder if what they taught about the goodness of God was real. If what they talked about the love of God was real. We look back to the cross. And on the days where maybe we don't feel loved, or we're not feeling the goodness of God, we look back to the cross and we say, God is good. And God does love. 
And the cross proves it. And satisfying your years with good things, we who enjoy the fruit of His Spirit in our life and the goodness that He pours out in our souls, we who pursue this life abundant that Jesus offers, we know about good things. So if David could say, bless the Lord's soul, you ought to bless Him, then surely we too can say, that we ought to bless him back. On your note card today, that's today's statement. We ought to bless him back. He's blessed us so much and we ought to bless him back. We ought to give the Lord a blessing. As silly maybe as that sounds, like how can our blessing compare to his blessing? And yet, with whatever we've got, we give it. We give our best blessing to the Lord. Because, one, all the ways he's blessed us. But David doesn't stop there. Not only should we bless him back because of the blessings that he's given us, but David goes on to talk about the character of God. To talk about the kind of God we serve. His nature. And so if you want to look at verses 6 through 13 with me. He talks about God. What kind of God is this? The Lord performs righteous deeds. That can also be translated deeds of vindication. Righteous deeds and judgments for all who are oppressed. In other words, God's very character is such that he is concerned for those who are oppressed, those who get the short end of the stick, those who are taken advantage of by those who are in power. Verse 7, He made known His ways to Moses, His acts to the sons of Israel. In other words, He doesn't just stay hidden. He shows up. Verse 8, The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in loving kindness. He gives us more than we deserve, right? Whoop. It's over. Whole sermon. Verse 10. He has not dealt with us according to our sins. Thank goodness. Nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his loving kindness toward those who fear him. And as far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Just as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. We ought to bless him back, not only because of the blessings that he gives us, but because of the kind of God that he is. This is the kind of God that David served. And how much more should we bless God for the kind of God that he is, considering how much more has been revealed to us through Jesus, his son? I mean, you want to talk about 
righteous deeds of vindication, judgments on behalf of those who are oppressed. How about the cross and the resurrection of Jesus? If you think that God revealed himself to Moses and the Israelites in that pillar of fire and the cloud and the law, wait until you get a load of Jesus. The revelation of God in flesh. Something we can wrap our minds around. Something we can get to know. Gracious? Jesus wrote the book on grace. Refuses to hold on to his anger, David said. Well, we found out that God would rather turn his wrath on himself than carry it out on us. Treats us like children, like a father who has compassion on his children. And the New Testament says that through what Jesus did and by the Spirit given to us, we are adopted into the family. We who had no claim, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us and now offers us adoption into the family of God, co-heirs with Christ. This is our hope today. This is what we know that David didn't. So surely, if David could talk himself into blessing the Lord because of the kind of God he is, we ought to know even better how much we ought to bless him back. He's blessed us, and he's just the kind of God that deserves blessing. There's a lot of different kinds of gods out there that people worship. None of them are like our God. David didn't stop there. He took a break and talked about people and what we're like. And we're going to address that next time we talk about this psalm. But he ends his psalm, verses 19 through 22, with one more argument, one more series of arguments as to why we ought to bless the Lord. He said, The Lord has established his throne in the heavens and his sovereignty rules over all. In other words, we ought to bless him back, if nothing else, just because of his position, just because of who he is. He is God, after all, maker of heaven and earth, king over all kings. His dominion knows no bounds. The universe is his. And so we ought to bless him back because he's the one that deserves and is worthy of all worship and all blessing. He's established his throne in the heavens. His sovereignty rules over all. So it makes sense to David to say in verse 20 that the angels ought to bless the Lord too. Now you're getting bossy when you start telling other people they ought to bless the Lord, but David said, angels, you ought to bless him. Hosts, like all you spiritual beings that I don't even know what to call you, bless him. 
and all you works of His, all you created things and all places of His dominion, whether you're living or not living, bless the Lord. Because you're His. And so we say that we too should bless the Lord because we're His. And He's our God. And even if He hadn't blessed us in a thousand ways, and even if He wasn't the great kind of God that He is, He'd still be God. And so we should bless Him for being God. That's a kind of a, I don't know, does it just seem like a strange concept to our 21st century American ears? Blessing someone without regard for whether they deserve it, for whether they earned it. I mean, thankfully, God did. But this idea that acknowledging someone for their position, for their authority, uh, you know, we live in a society where it's like, well, you've got to earn that trust and that respect. You've got to earn that authority. It doesn't apply to God. If there's a God, then he's God. And he's worthy of worship and worthy of blessing by virtue of who he is. And maybe our uncomfortableness with that concept is a sign that, of the humility that we need in our hearts. To humble ourselves enough to truly recognize that he's God and we're not. That we don't really get to have a say. At the end of the day, if he made us, he made us. If he made the world, then he made the world. He's the man. <laughs> not us. Colossians 1.15 talks about Jesus. It says he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation, for by him all things were created, both in the heavens and on earth, visible and invisible. Whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is also head of the body, the church, and he is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he himself will come to have first place in everything. That's Jesus, the Son of the living God. And so we know better even than David that we ought to bless him back. I want to ask you to do something this week. When you go to bed tonight, would you take a moment and bless the Lord? And when you wake up tomorrow morning, would you take a moment and bless the Lord? And each night this week, would you just make it a point? Maybe this week is the only week you do this, or maybe you turn this into a habit, but before you go to bed each night and when we wake up each morning, could we just 
together wherever we are in our different homes and places, bless the Lord. Just speak a blessing because we ought to bless Him back. When we consider all the ways that He's blessed us, when we consider the kind of God that He is, and when we consider the fact that He is God and we are not, then surely we ought to bless the Lord. Now the thing is, when you go to bed tonight, you may not feel like blessing the Lord. And certainly when you wake up in the morning, before that first pot of coffee, you may not feel like blessing the Lord. And that's why this psalm is great. Because it reminds us that even David had to talk his soul into it. And so you may have to talk to yourself tonight or in the morning and give yourself a little bit of a pep talk. Soul? You ought to bless him. And then give yourself some arguments. If you've got to go through all three sets of arguments to get it done, then just do it. You ought to bless him because he's blessed you. Let's count some ways. You ought to bless him because the kind of God he is, who's he's shown himself to be to you and in your life. Because you ought to bless him back. And if nothing else works, then you just sit down and say, well, he's God. And I'm not. So I'm going to bless him. Now the thing is, you may not remember this on your own, so you may need to create a reminder. And maybe this note card can be a reminder for you. Maybe you can set it beside your bed this week and just have a reminder. Maybe you can set it on your pillow so you can't comfortably lay your head down until you have blessed the Lord. I don't know, figure out what works for you and I'll try to figure out what works for me, but let's commit together to bless the Lord each night and each morning this week. And I'd like us to start because uh, we didn't start this morning because you didn't know about it when you woke up. And so this is our chance together today to bless the Lord. And on your note card here, there's a blank that says, I bless the Lord because... And I want to give you an opportunity to think for a moment... And write down, it doesn't have to be fancy, it doesn't have to be perfect. Write down a reason that you would bless the Lord this morning. Maybe it's because of the way that He's blessed you. And there's some blessing in your life that comes to mind quickly that you would just say, I'm going to bless the Lord because of this blessing that He's given to me. Or maybe when you think about and reflect on who God has shown Himself to be to you, there's a characteristic of God that you want to say, I, I bless the Lord because of that. Or maybe today you just needed to be reminded that He is God and you are not. That there is a God in heaven. And it's enough just to say, I bless the Lord because He's my God. Maybe today you're not sure where your faith is at. I've more or less um, sort of accidentally shared the gospel through this message with you as we've reflected on all the things that David said about God. We looked at how Jesus you know, is all that and more and how through Jesus we find forgiveness and we find blessing and we find a right relationship with the God who is 
the God over everything. And maybe you would just want to put your faith in that God today and say, that's my God. And then I want to give us an opportunity to do something today. And this is actually why we decided to share a meal today afterwards. This is like our sort of like a pre-Thanksgiving thing a month early. Uh, so we're, we're giving thanks today in a way. We're blessing the Lord. We're being mindful of the ways He's blessed us. And we're celebrating that together today and it just felt fitting to share a meal as well. And I'm going to put this microphone down there so that you can come down and line up or one at a time, whatever. One at a time is going to take a while and that means longer for lunch. So just line up. Line up and come to the microphone and share. You can even just read it off your card. But come and share what the Lord has done for you or why you feel you should bless the Lord today. We're going to have a little bit of music playing in the background and we're just going to give you a few minutes to come. To talk yourself into it. Come on, soul. You ought to get up and go down there to that microphone and bless him. So I'm going to put this microphone down here and I'll say the first one and then I'm just going to leave it down here for you to come to. It's a little short for me. Feel free to move it up and down as you need to. I bless the Lord because He's the kind of God who walks with me and my family through our hardest days. Come, bless the Lord. For the years of life I've been given since my cancer diagnosis in 2013. And I also bless the Lord for our pastors, Julie and Neil, and for what they mean to us in our church and what all they do. And this is Pastor Appreciation Month. And so I have a little gift for y'all. Neil didn't know about this. This is just totally unplanned by him. <laughs> so this is for you and Julie. Night. <laughs> well, the first thing that I wrote on my list is uh, He's my hope. And um, He is. If without Him, I would have no, you would have no hope in this life. And so that's what I wrote. I could bless God for so many things over the years, from saving my life in a bad car wreck to about 62 years ago, I was sitting in church with this young lady. I was 15, she was like 13, and we was praising God then. Guess what? We're still praising God together, and I thank God I'm blessed to have her. I bless the Lord because He has an eternal plan. He's all-knowing, he's all-powerful, and he loves. Well, the first thing I thought of was I bless him because he saved me. He healed me. He gave me a wife for 55 years, and he gave me three wonderful grandchildren. The 
first of all, I thank God for convicting me of my sins and that he was there for me and he saved me. And through these years, he has, he has been with me. He's given me strength and, and faith and, and I know that he loves me most of all. I thank him for all of that, and, I, and he has blessed me, and I hope that my life has been a blessing to him. I bless the Lord for the many uh, failures and, and ways that I've disappointed him and disappointed others. He's protected me and, and, and blessed me and loved me and forgiven me uh, through all that and I'm grateful for that like LM I, I'm so thankful I bless the Lord for things all through life um, for giving me a Christian family and for healing me and especially this week I've been really aware of my gratefulness for its healing because a year ago this week I was in the hospital with a emergency surgery and I bless the Lord for Mary Crane who stood by me there and thank you for your love and, and the Lord's grace. I'm a rather simple person. So I think about uh, every day God blesses us in small ways and big ways. And my, my first thought when, I, when the pastor mentioned being thankful for something, I thought, thank God for his wisdom in changing seasons. He knew we were going to complain and we needed something new. And so with a little nip in the air, I just kind of got me a little zippity doo dah And I just felt better about it. He's blessed us in so many ways. God bless. Amen. I'd just like to bless God for giving me a second chance since I had my heart attack on June the 12th, three years ago, and for healing my heart and having forgiveness for me and loving me unmercifully and when I have failures in life also. Thank you. I thank the Lord for his patience with me his promises, including that he will fulfill his purpose for our lives. I bless the Lord this morning for his uh, wonderful plan of salvation and, and that he, through that, established such a wonderful Christian family and uh, wherever we are, uh, we've lived in different states and they're always been a wonderful Christian family there to support us and, and it's no different here and I'm very thankful for that. I bless God for um, when he takes things away from you that you don't know why he always replaces them and he replaces them threefold with me. I have three wonderful children that needed a mother and I'm so blessed that he chose me to be their mother. like to say something too but I didn't mention because when I get up front I get nervous but that gift certificate was from the whole church it wasn't just from me 